Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. It matters greatly what you hear, what you listen to, what you're around, what you watch, because that's how things get in you. And things that get in you, they shape your beliefs, or they can rob you of a, a belief. There are things that you can hear, and that's why we have faith school, that we believe will put strength into you and cause faith to come into you. There are other things you can hear that will take faith right out of you and put fear into you if you let it. So you want to be selective about what you listen to and watch. And um, if something bothers you about what people would call religious programming or religious teaching and preaching, if something in your spirit bothers you about that, uh, you don't have to know all the reasons why. Just don't feed on it. Just don't. And as you learn and grow, you, it'll begin to be obvious to you why. When you're younger, you don't see it. But as you grow, then, then you notice. But uh, you judge and measure everything by the book, Amen. by the Bible, yes. by the Word of God, and by the author of the book, the Spirit of the Lord that inspired the book also lives inside every believer. So get your Bible, and uh, the author is already in you, so you're ready to go. Come on into the classroom. Let's get answers for today. Father, we give you thanks for all you've already done for us, all the prayers you've already answered, all the needs you've already met, all that you've already done, we ask you to give to us opening of the eyes and ears and heart to discern and distinguish and to know and understand what you're saying to us and your will and your ways. We ask it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. Look with me, please, in Luke, the 14th chapter. We're continuing in our study of, it's actually the 17th individual account of healing in the ministry of Jesus, uh, individual account, which is the healing, the King James calls it, uh, of the man of that had dropsy, the healing of the man with dropsy. And let's begin in verse 1, uh, Luke 14, 1, and look at it again. It said, It came to pass, as Jesus went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. So Jesus obviously accepted an invitation to come um, into the house of one of the chief ruling Pharisees to have a meal. But they were watching him. And... I think the indication is not in a good way, that they are, but we've seen this before, 
that they watched other, other passages said that same phrase, but it added, they watched him that they might find whereof to accuse him. And I think that's the same thing here. So behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. The language is that he was sitting in front of him. He was in Jesus' line of sight and apparently not too far from him. And maybe they positioned the man there because they were making a big deal out of Jesus' healing on the Sabbath day, and on this day is the Sabbath day. And so it says that uh, Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Because that was their, their sticking point. They, and, and here's the thing. There's dishonesty in this. Um, the scripture even said uh, in John that some of the leaders and rulers believed on him, but they wouldn't confess Jesus publicly for fear of the Jews and being put out of their positions and places. So um, never underestimate, never be shocked by the religious reasoning. Religious reasoning. It, it, they thought it gave them a solid platform to oppose Jesus' entire ministry. Well, if you're looking for something, you'll find it. You know what I mean by that? If you're trying to find fault with something, and see, they, they thought this is it. We have, we have got him. He's breaking the word. He's breaking the law. But he wasn't breaking the law. He wasn't breaking the word. And he gave them scriptural examples in other places. He asked them on another occasion when they accused him of breaking the law by healing on the Sabbath. He said, do you remember what uh, David did and the men that were with him? They came through the fields on the Sabbath day and they took handfuls of, uh, well, excuse me, he was doing that. And then he said, David and them ate the showbread. And so showing them he didn't violate the Sabbath. Um, and he said, you know, the priests that work on the Sabbath, they don't violate it. And it should have been making them scratch their head going, huh, okay. <laughs> but no, if you want to be opposed to somebody, you will find something. You'll twist it until you make something. And so that's what they had done with this Sabbath day thing. So religious reasoning beware of it it is not revelation there's a different giant difference between reasoning and revelation because people can say well yeah but the scripture said this and, and so that must mean this and and how many understand all that activity is going here right here <laughs> huh? and the fact is with a lot of folks there ain't much up there <laughs> oh, they think there's a lot, but there's just not that much up there. But it has, to be, it has to fit within these parameters. No, it doesn't. God is big, big. And there's all kind of things you hadn't seen nor understood. You got to stay open, open. 
And like we said on yesterday's class, teachable, instructable. And so he knows that's what's going on with them. So he brings it up and he says, is it lawful? Uh, other translation says, is it permitted? Is it right um, to heal on the Sabbath day? Or we'd say on the day of rest. Because that's what the Sabbath was and is. The day of rest. And you will see that same thing as with us today. What do you mean? They were trying to say, we're not opposed to healing, but you can't do it today. Not today and not this way. Well, when was their healing day? They never had a healing day, right? What did they know about the ministry of healing? Nothing. And yet, they can tell Jesus how he can't do it. They can't tell anybody how to do it. But they're experts at telling you what you can't do. Now, you can't do it on this day, and you can't do that. Those religious spirits are still with us all over the place today. What do you mean? Well, there are whole schools of theology that teach that these things are not for today. Basically, same idea. Not for today. What does that mean? Well, the age of grace is the age of rest. Grace means you don't work for it. Right? You don't work. It's a free gift. And uh, resting in the finished work. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Resting in the finished work. He bore our sins. He, he, He bore and carried our transgressions. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. The chastisement of our peace. He was made poor for us. He took it. He bore it. He did it. He bought redemption. And so we don't have to work for it. I said we don't have to work for it. So can you see why the Lord, He wouldn't avoid healing on the Sabbath day at the direction of the Father. He did it on purpose. On the Sabbath day, right? Why? Because it is prophesying of the day that's coming that's right there upon them. Because he's he's about to go to the cross. He's about to pay the price. It's right there. What? The day of grace. And the scripture said, today is the day of salvation. Now. Now. Hallelujah. Is God's accepted. What is that? 2 Corinthians 6, 2, I think. Today is the day of salvation. Now, somebody say now, now, now is God's accepted time. But what does religion say? Not today, not today. No, don't be coming, trying to have your healing service today. You're breaking the law. (laughs) Part of the reason for the Sabbath was to prophesy and to show a way of life without work. Oh, hallelujah. A way of blessing and deliverance and freedom without any sweat, (laughs) without any labor. Why? Because we couldn't work enough to get it. 
We couldn't work enough to obtain it. We couldn't be good enough to deserve it and earn it. We couldn't. We couldn't. Which is why he had to come and just buy it (laughs) and pay for all of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then just give it to us on not just the day of, of rest, but the age of rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church age. The grace age. The rest age. Hebrews goes into detail about this chapter 3 and chapter 4. We which I believe do enter into rest. There is a rest that remains to the people of God. Hallelujah. And how do you get into it? Faith, 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 faith. You believe it. You receive it. You lay hold of it. You enter into it. And you rest in it. How many are resting class that your sins have been paid for and you don't have to earn your way into heaven? Huh? You are resting in what Jesus has done to save you. Well, you, you got to do that with every other area of life. We're resting in what he's done to heal us. We're resting in what he's done to protect us, to keep every area. We're resting in what he's done to provide for us. So there's a reason why you keep seeing this Sabbath day thing. Numerous reasons. It's why it's not a side issue. It's a central issue. It's a big issue. And Jesus absolutely would not back down off of this. This is something the Father told him and showed him. And they wanted to make a giant issue out of it. They wanted to make a public issue. We saw just in the previous chapter, in the 13th uh, chapter here of Luke, same thing. They brought it up. And actually the ruler of the synagogue on that occasion, he pipes up and he says, there are six days in which men are to work and them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. And Jesus said, you hypocrite. You hypocrite. He, he wants to make a public thing statement. Jesus responds publicly. <laughs> you hypocrite. What does that mean? You're a phony. You're dishonest. Why? Because every one of you will untie, and this is a spirit-inspired word, loose, because that's what Jesus said to the woman that had the spirit of infirmity. Woman, you are loosed. That's the exact word that's used to describe when they untied the donkey, (laughs) untied the cow. Same, same word, because it's the same thing. Jesus untied the woman, hallelujah, hallelujah. and said, be free, be loosed. When you are sick and diseased, you're not free. That is a, a degree of bondage. It's hindering. When you are broke and impoverished, you're not free. It's, I mean, enough sickness can be like putting you in a jail cell, can't it? I mean, enough sickness and disease can, can limit you to a bed, prevent you from being able to get up by yourself, much less move around or go anywhere or do anything. Are you more use to the Lord in building the church confined to a bed? Or wouldn't it be better to have some strength? And have some mobility and ability. It's bondage. 
It's restriction. And the same thing with uh, poverty. I mean, you can be so impoverished. You don't, you don't have any money. You can't buy a tank of gas. You don't have a vehicle. You can't go anywhere. can't do anything. You can be so impoverished. You don't have enough food for a meal for the day. That is bondage. Isn't it? Yes. It's bondage. And it's not bondage God put people in. Jesus said in, in Luke 13, in fact, just back up. Somebody might not have been with us talking about that. Jesus said, Luke 13, 15, you hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose, loose, everybody say loose, loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? He said it as clearly as you can say it. The devil had bound her with this physical problem. Isn't that right? She was physically bent over and couldn't straighten herself up. She was limited. She was restricted. And Jesus said, Satan did it. Satan bound her. Now we've got people all over the world in churches all over the place saying or implying that God is binding people with sickness and disease. I mean, it's all over. And they don't realize how blasphemous that is. What do you mean, Brother Key? Blasphemous? Yes, blasphemous. Why? Because you remember that when Jesus was casting out spirits and setting people free and some of the religious leaders, again, fighting him, saying, oh, he's doing it by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus got serious with them. You remember that? He said, you, you say something blasphemous against the Son of Man, it'll be forgiven you. But you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it's not going to be forgiven. What, what's he say? How did they blaspheme the Holy Spirit? They attributed the works of the devil, the works of God, rather, to the devil. Yes. Can you see that? Yes. That's blasphemy. I said, that's blasphemy. Yes. When you say that what the devil did is God, when you say that what God did is the work of the devil, how, does it, how do we not understand? That's evil language, yes. isn't it? Yes. That's about as serious of evil speaking as you could do. So friend, watch your mouth now. Don't, don't say, well, you know, that old, that, that speaking with tongues, that's all crazy stuff. That must be devil stuff. If you don't know what you're talking about, be quiet. There is some stuff that's just flesh and goofy, but there's still the real. And if it's in the Bible and you saw God do it in the Bible, well, he never changes, right? He did it then. He's still doing it today. No, Jesus said, Satan bound the woman. So what should we say when we see similar situations? Looks like the work of the devil, right? Yes. Sickness, disease, binding. And he said she ought to be loosed. Hallelujah. So is the devil going around loosing people from what he bound them in? No. He'd be contradicting himself, which is what Jesus said. If Satan fight against Satan, his kingdom can't continue. You know, he's divided. No, the devil and God are not working together. Thank God. Because if they were, we'd be done for. We might as well just throw up our hands and quit. Right? No, thank God. God is a good God. 
He's doing good things. Jesus' work and ministry was to loose and to heal and deliver and set free. He said in Luke, I'm not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Is it still true? The scripture said in Peter, God is not willing that any should perish. Yeah, but aren't millions perishing? They are, but it's not God's will. I said, it's not God's will. So why don't he do something about it? He already has. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all, uh, you know, through repentance would, would be spared from the destruction and would be saved. Repentance is the key. Our faith and our response is the key allowing him to establish his will in our life. No, he said, uh, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound? Lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. We looked at this, but I want you to go look at it again. 1 John, 3rd chapter. Um, we looked at this last week, I believe it was. But this is so, so significant. It tells us the reason, 1 John 3.8, I believe it is, why Jesus came. It says, for this purpose... Was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil? Now, this, this term that says uh, destroy is interesting that it is the same word loose, loose or untie. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested. Said out loud, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested. That he might destroy. That he might loose. One translation, I believe it's the Amplified, talks about this. That he might undo. Undo. Well, isn't that the same thing? If you untied the donkey, what would you do? You undid the knot. Right? You untie it. Undo it. Now, the donkey's not tied to the post anymore. He's not limited having to stay hooked to the post. Well, the enemy, if you'll let him, will tie you to some bad stuff. Amen. Huh? Amen. He will. He'll latch you, tie you, entangle you with bad things of his. Oh, but Jesus yeah. is in the loosening business. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will untie you. Yeah. He will break it off of you. Amen. And he does it by the authority of his name and by the power of the anointing. Amen. The anointing, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, removes burdens Amen. and destroys yokes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we could say unties, right? Amen. Bondages, Amen. unties, undoes, undoes, <laughs> loosens. Thank God. If you've, if you've walked with the Lord seriously and genuinely for any length of time, He has untied you from some things. I know He has. And if you'll follow Him all the way, He'll get you untied from everything that you shouldn't be tied to. He will. He will. He's already bought it and paid for it. And as you walk with Him and receive it, it shows up. It, it manifests in your life. And so what we see is that three specific times the Lord uses this same example. 
we see here in Luke 14 that he, he says, which of you, verse 5, Luke 14, 5, which of you shall have a donkey or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? Now the word straightway, that's immediately. Listen to some other translations of this. Uh, the Amplified says, verse 5, which of you having, actually, this is interesting because it says son, a son instead of uh, donkey. And uh, this is consistent. I looked up the words myself too. It's consistent with other places, son. So, of course, it would be true whether it was your child or whether it was your animal. Either one. If they fell in the pit and were in distress, would you get them out on the Sabbath day? That's the point. And how quickly would you do it? And with how much debate? Hmm? We've talked about this before, but Jesus went into this three different, on three different occasions. He went into this same detail. He compared being physically sick to an animal in distress. We should let this renew our mind. Right? And you would never come home and find out that your dog got into something as entangled in some rope over here and is, you know, whining and, and crying. Never would you, would you see him and then go, hmm, it's a Sabbath day. Sorry, pup. Can't help you today. Huh? People would say, you better not. You better, you better help that little dog. Well, so then you think you're more just and fair and compassionate than God. Because people will turn around and say, no, he'll actually put you in that mess. And then because of mystic, mysterious, unknowable reasons, won't help you and will leave you. That is completely contrary to what Jesus taught Amen. and preached, Amen. right? And you wouldn't come in and see Fido all tied up and go, Lord, should I help Fido? Is it your will? Maybe you put Fido in these, in these streets. He looks like he got himself into that, but your ways are mysterious. Is it your will? Now you're laughing, but it is just as foolish and ignorant to pray if it be thy will for people to be healed as it is to pray that. According to Jesus, he's the one, use this example, over and over and over again. He said, if you would untie a donkey, if you would untie a cow, they ought to be healed. Amen. Isn't that right? Yeah. He said, this woman is not a cow, she's not a donkey, she's a daughter of Abraham, and she ought to be loosed. How many going to stay with Jesus on this? Yeah. She ought to be loosed right now on the Sabbath day. He said, you do it without question. You do it without delay. You do it without hesitation. Why? Because it's right. It's right. It's the will of God. It's good. Can you say amen? amen. Time's up again. Well, come back tomorrow. 
We're, there's more to see about this. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.